it really came from my own problems. You know, like I used to have a grocery shops and then every week I would buy products and then spending you know, a couple of thousands, but there's nothing for me to really rely on. So, you know, it's a lot of it was about my hunches, you know, what looks right, but so, and uh, yeah, I feel like there's a big, big problems in that. You know, we're making all these high dollar buying decisions on nothing but hunches. Hey everybody, thank you for joining us and welcome to the Founders in LA podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Cole, and this is an opportunity to shine the spotlight through a product lens on some of the exceptional founders we have as part of the LA community in an unedited one take organic conversation. With us today in the studio is Mike Chen. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Ethan. I'm so happy to be here. Ah, this is gonna be a great one. I'm excited for you to be here. Thanks. Uh, but first, a word for our sponsors. Founders in LA is brought to you by Nearshore. Nearshore is a trailblazer in nearshore outsourcing and staff augmentation. With over 15 years of experience offering exceptional Latin American software development, data, product, and design talent for US products, Nearshore has revolutionized the way companies scale their teams. They stand apart with 50% female leadership, are trusted by companies large and small, and have been helping US customers grow since before Nearshoring was cool. Discover how Nearshore can power your tech goals and help you stay lean while scaling fast. Learn more at www.nearshore.com. That's www.nearsure.com. We're also brought to you by Unita. Unita Club is a co-working space that sets itself apart. With locations in El Segundo, Manhattan Beach, and Hermosa, Unita is where creativity flourishes. Unlike traditional offices, they provide an inspiring environment where ideas can grow Ideas can thrive and businesses can grow. With United, there's no hidden fees, flexible terms, options for dedicated offices, and unlimited access to conference rooms, a photo studio, this podcast studio, plus standard 3D printers and 24-7 access at any of their locations. They're local champions who support neighborhood businesses, open their event spaces to nonprofits, and celebrate art, music, and culture. Join United Club and experience co-working like never before. Learn more at www.unita.club. That's www.unita.club. Our guest today is Mike Chen. Uh, he is the co-founder and CEO at Cohere Commerce. Hey, Mike, can you just give us a 30-second description of Cohere? Absolutely. So I co-founded a retail intelligence startup called Cohere Commerce, and then our platform lets retail buyers source vendors for verified marketing sites. And our data engine also helps brands to understand the right retail fit, increase distributions, and also grow market credibility. Wow. So okay. So you your company helps retailers um, better understand the vendors who they might be working with. Is that is that? Yeah. I think a easier way to think about what we are is kind of like Glassdoor, but for B two B retail. Oh, nice. So you you help them provide understanding of like what is this who is this vendor are they trustworthy uh, what's their specialty what are people saying about them yeah in a way because uh, it really came from my own problems you know like I used to have a grocery shops and then every week I would buy products and then spending you know, a couple of thousands but there's nothing for me to really rely on so, you know it's a lot of it was about my hunches you know what looks right but. So, and uh, yeah, I feel like there's a big, big problems in that. You know, we're making all these high dollar buying decisions on nothing but hunches. So, yeah. So it's definitely ripe for opportunity for, for data to be input in a place where data really wasn't Absolutely. Uh, at play before. Yeah. Um, and in terms of, you know, how you've gone about that, was that like, 
um, the data that you're collecting is you're getting it from, you know, other, I guess, customers or other clients of the vendors? Uh, yeah. So it's a lot of like a retailers that are posting reviews and sharing insights about, you know, where do we place them in the certain aisles that actually drives like higher sell through rates and a lot of the insights that you would otherwise like wouldn't be able to know, I guess. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it's, it's not only helping you like, hey, do I trust this company? Are they are they going to make good on their deliveries, make good on deliveries on time? But it's yeah. also tips and tricks about, hey, we found that this placement actually does better Absolutely, uh, yeah. on the shelves. Uh, and this is a way for you as a small, you know, small business proprietor to do better for yourself by us being able to provide you with a little some analytics um, and learnings that we found at similar places. Absolutely. I mean, it's super I mean, valuable to even brands as well. Just imagine like now they can walk into like, you know, Whole Foods. Uh, great. Like, let's put us in this aisle that's going to create like double the sell through rates than any other sections. So, yeah, we have a lot of those kind of insights. Is that is that as I've understood today, this may be a little bit out of tell me, forgive me if it's out of the scope, but um, my familiarity with that space is that there's kind of a pay to play, some sort of pay to play model where, you know, uh, I believe some vendors are paying for prime spots on the shelf. But again, at this point, if that's if that's the case, and you're shaking your head, yes, you're nodding your head, yes, it's, it sounds like um, that what you add is another layer. So yeah, it's pay to play. So you might be getting um, some additional revenue in terms of someone placing for a shelf, but that's probably not all vendors. It's probably not all locations. But this data you're talking about, this kind of buying information about, hey, here's how you succeed. So I could see a world where if you have the data, you could almost correlate, okay, your X vendor is telling me that they'll pay me for the shelf space. But I know that if I put Y in that place, my margins are actually better. So it's actually better for me to forego that, you know, that, that pay, pay to play model for, for product X because product Y is actually better for me as the store. Mm, or is that, or is that not, is that not really the right? I mean, right it's really up it. to the, how retailers want to use this kind of data, I'll say. And then like where you're describing is like a known as a slotting fee, I presume. And then, you know, end caps and then all those, it can cost a lot. But then I think what we're mostly focused on is that we want every retailers, you know, cause the problem is that, you know, if you're looking on the website, like all of these new brands as a retail buyer, I'm looking at it, they all have five-star reviews, you know, all of them has great marketing. But me as a buyer, I need to know, like, you know, do they provide great demo support to help me move the product off my shelves? Do they, you know, given that I'm sure they all taste great and have great packaging, but I care more about beyond, you know, what's already, you know, just from looking at the, the book cover, I guess. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So that's helpful. So it's, it's kind of those insights, the kind of behind the scenes guide to yeah. how is this actually how is it actually moving in the market? Where is it? How is it the best way to use and place this product? Uh, because to your point, you know, there are, there are, it's, it's almost hard at this point to trust online reviews in many respects. Um, yeah. So this one, yeah, they're probably getting their favorite vendors to, to make reviews. They're probably getting their friends to leave reviews if, if you don't need to be a verified purchaser or, or the, you know, parallel to that. So everyone says, yeah, hey, everything is going to be great. Everything's going to look great. Yeah. But as you as a small shop proprietor, uh, it's great that everything looks great, but you you want the insights of how is it actually moving and, and Cohere is able to solve that for them. 
Yeah, pretty much. Like we're trying to bring in like transparency to the whole retail industry. And this is not just something that's faced by, you know, just smaller shops like I have. It's also like mid-market, you know, there's like chain retailers that we currently work with. They use us as source vendors because they get pitched a lot. You know, we you talk about a couple hundred pitches the buyers had to review on a weekly basis. It's crazy. I mean, how are you going to evaluate all of those? But you still need to make decisions. And then so that that comes really hard. So we try to bring in like efficiency and also transparency to the whole sourcing process. How did you find yourself in this position, in this role? How did you d- determine that you wanted to you know, dedicate a good chunk of your life to building to startup? <laughs> yeah. Oh, to, and to this specific startup. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is our second startup with uh, we're the same team, you know, it's a weird crowd. But uh, <laughs> we, I, I just said we really like to solve problems, you know, build something that's impactful for people. And then this is really a problem that I, I hold very like dear to, you know, I wanted to solve that. And then I also happen to be a data scientist. And I know that, you know, once we have that kind of insight, it, it's really going to change how people communicate and it's going to help the whole industry to become a better place. And and your your journey in, in working in those shops is that is that how did that inform your direction for this? Um, keep you a little specific. Oh, you said you you, you said you you either had your own retail yeah. shop. Um, so so yeah, how did that play into it? Like, oh, I mean that that's my initial problem. You know, like I mentioned, we we really had problem sourcing. Like I would buy products, but. It, it doesn't sell. Like if I use those marketplaces online wholesale ones and I would stock them, look great, but it doesn't move. That's the thing. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a buyer and then, cause they all tell me that it, it's gonna sell in my shops, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's right for my customers, right? So it, that's kind of the main challenge that we faced. And then we ended up did a lot of trials and error and then I yeah, wasted a lot of fun. Was that before you were a data scientist or is that a previous life before? Uh, after or is it after data science? I'm trying to get a gauge of right. while you're in the moment as you're the small shop proprietor was was your kind of data science brain kind of like chugging along like oh there's got to be a better way to do this 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 is driving nuts like there's not enough data. I mean this is recent so I I had a shop doing pandemic. Oh nice yeah. And so as you're doing it you know you know the data you you do it for you know every day and here you are and you have a problem space that there's not enough data that you're going more on hunches than you really would want to. Yeah. And then just the whole industry, you know, as I getting more and more into the retail, we found that it's a very like almost like antiquated industry that's ready for some kind of disruption because it's so many layers built in. We're talking about like wholesalers, brokers, distributors, all these layers just from one brands to get to, you know, shelf. How can we make that more transparent? How can we streamline this whole process, make it more efficient? Because right now, like, give an example, like a brand wants to open up a new market. They would hire a broker, you know, go door to door, build that relationship with the retail buyers. And then sometimes the check size can be only like 200 bucks, you know, for But it takes a lot of time, a lot of relationship building. It can take like months to just even build up a presence in the you know new city or they can do something you know like an activation campaign those cost like six figures and more insanely crazy so yeah that's the whole goal that we're trying to you know bring the value for this whole industry give them more more hard concrete data so it's not not solely not as related as as um reliant on relationships, right? So instead of having, hey, it's a relationship, you build trust, you trust me, this will work. 
yes, you want to build the trust, you want to build the relationship, but this gives you the opportunity to say, hey, here's some hard data to, here's some hard Correct. numbers to go to back up what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's, it's to help people make better decisions. I think that's the key. So you had your own shop, you faced this own problem yourself. Um, how did you get your first customers for this? Um, first customer, let's see. Also, I, I think, oh yeah, so it's it probably Tyler. And then so we, uh, we did an event once with the uh, Patagonias and then Tyler was a CBG brand. So he had a really cool like snack brands. And then he reached out and then we, uh, we started talking, I think, Back in the back then, Cohere was still at a very early. We're still like finding our values and finding our problems and how can we build a solution around that. So we're still exploring and then yeah, he really he really like clicked with our vision. Like we know what we want to bring to industry. Like we want to bring in qualitative data to help people make better decisions. He loved that idea and also his family had a retail shop. So he understand the struggle that his parents went through when they're sourcing products takes a lot of time, a lot of trials and error. And then so we kind of bonded and then he helped out with a lot of products, iterations, gave us a lot of feedback from a brand perspective and yeah, very supportive. Where, where did you find him? Uh, he reached out to us. Uh, before, before you said you saw him at an event. Did you, did you reach out before the event or? Before the event, yeah. So he, how did, and how do you think he found you? That's, a, that's interesting, we don't often get like out uh, inbound for, for people's first customers. So how, how do you think he, he knew how to locate you for that first one? Um, so we had a, I mean, we were hosting the events in collaboration with Patagonia's and it was a great demo, like a opportunity for these younger brands. Mm. So we posted into like a community and then he reached out. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. um, part of your success story in getting your early customers was putting on an in-person event. Um, and, uh, partnering with what you said with Patagonia's yeah is that the not the not the clothing brand right it is yeah oh really wow yeah that's a good part how did you how'd you how'd you score a partnership with Patagonia to start I mean you just ask them <laughs> yeah we that's, wanted to build like a you know Athico kind of it was a division kind of aligned so um, we were doing it for the small business Saturday like for the Thanksgiving one and then we wanted to highlight some of the sustainable brands and then ethically sourced, and then they loved it. And we wanted to host events to bring in some, you know, like CBG brands that are emerging. Yeah, that's kind of the idea. Wow, all right, let me recap this uh, because I think this is fascinating. So um, early, in the, early in development of Cohere, you were able to team up with Patagonia, like a very solid, very well-known brand uh, because you aligned with their mission. Uh, with sustainability and you were able to, um, I guess, piggyback on, you know, the small business, small business Saturday uh, ahead of Thanksgiving as a means to, hey, here's an event. They're probably going to want to do something or if they're not, they'd be open to it. Um, they are a well-respected brand, but they're also very well known for, for their, you know, good nature oh, and, yeah. and goodwill. Absolutely. And so you're saying, hey, Here's something for you guys. We'll we'll do a joint part, uh, a joint event with you. We're gonna bring all these, you know, um, sustainable and um, you know ethical products to this event, who all have a shared a shared mission with you guys, shared values. And in creating that event, you actually netted your first customer who reached out before you even had the event. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 
That's that's incredible, Mike. Um, <laughs> so then I have to go back to to another another thread. I love the poll. So you mentioned that um, this was the same team from a previous startup. What were the how do you think that helped you in building this one? So what are the, how did the, is it either that you had the right people in place or were there learnings that you were able to um, build upon from that first group or the first venture and then put into this one? Because it seems like, you know, from right off the bat, you, you had some very, um, I want to say, I don't want to say strategic, but just uh, very successful methods for trying to, I mean, it, it's, it's advanced, I guess. It's not, you weren't, you weren't going in there with, um, you know, doe eyes, like not knowing what you're going to do. Uh, it seems like you had some strong ideas. Um, I'm wondering, was any of that because the team had worked together in the past and you were able to kind of build upon what you'd already grown together um, as a group or, or totally not? It was just, um, it, was just a, it was a great idea that you guys were able to put together. No, no, I, I think it's. There's a lot of learnings. I mean, our last startup, and then we were mostly B2C, and then it was a pandemic kind of startup. So we, we took advantage of that and quickly scaled to like a couple thousand users, so which is fun. And then, but the learning is that, I mean, we wanted to do B2B now, so B2C was very hard, and then customer acquisition costs is very high, so we learned that. And I think in terms of team, there's just a different kind of trust, you know, once you build build a second start like I full heartedly rely on our team to you know do anything you know they, they don't need my supervision to do they can call the shots and I trust them wholeheartedly that's great yeah. one of the recurring themes that we have on the show is building the team the core team is so important absolutely um, for the early stage of startups um, and you know if Again, no one wants to. No one wants the first one to fail. But um, even if that first one does fail, I think that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you can, if you can learn from it and bring back some of the core team members, oftentimes it's really beneficial. Then you know everyone breaks up and goes their separate ways because you're almost you're almost missing out on um, you're almost missing out on capital, some like learning right. education capital that you guys all had together and you went through it the first time. And if you you know, if you enjoyed each other's presence, especially if as things go south, yeah, man, that that will help you traverse some challenges when uh, whenever they come up in the new the new one. For sure. I mean, I, I really love challenges. We are like that. <laughs> are there any other challenges? That you, like, what, what are some challenges that you guys have faced recently and you've overcome? Uh, I mean, just for me personally, I I, I mean, like I, I don't know if you know that. Like, I used to be a chef like years ago. So I used to been cooking since high schools and then work my way up to Michelin, two stars, Robuchons, Ritz Carlton, all of those. Wow. So I'd done that and then I uh, I was twenty one and then, you know, I, I feel that at that point I can see my next thirty years, you know, like working my way up, up to the kitchens, work through the ranks and then eventually open up my own place. Boring and I wanted a <laughs> more challenge. So I decided to tell myself to become a data scientist and then went on to become the founding data scientist for Win Encore Casinos. Oversaw the betting strategies. Win Encore Casinos. Yeah, yeah, in Vegas. Wow. Yeah, so all of those, like everything gambling related, table games, all those. So I am weird. Yeah, I like that. Are there are there any challenges that come to mind like recently, like in this past week that you were faced with and were able to overcome? I mean, imagine in, in the stage you guys are, uh, recently graduated from Techstars. Yeah. Um, What's what's a challenge that you faced recently, and how did you how did you overcome it? Mm. 
maybe something last week. It doesn't have to be a huge one, but just kind of like curious to hear more about how you approach them. How we approach them, let's see. I think we're, we're rolling out some new products, so I'm sure that there's a lot of challenge in that. But I mean, it's uh, you just work through it kind of almost like you find ways to improvise and then find hacks around it and then just make it work. Is there one that comes to mind if they're like, it, it doesn't have to be like a big one. It could be like, uh, oh, you know, tax season's coming up and we had to, we had to figure out where we're gonna, wh who we're gonna pay or who the person's gonna be. Like as, as an early stage founder, you have a thousand hats on, right? So oh, sure, yeah. There's no shortage of things that you're overcoming. Is, is, there, is there one you're particularly proud of uh, something you've overcome recently? Like, ah, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that was part of my job description, but uh, yeah, I just, just took care of that one. Oh, man, I feel like there's so many, but for some reason I'm blanking on it. Uh, <laughs> I'll think about it. We'll have to have you back, Mike. <laughs> you can nice. tell us about more challenges. Um, and uh, grounding this in Los Angeles, uh, we always like to ask on the, on the show, you know, uh, what was your most LA moment? And it doesn't have to be tech related. Maybe you're, you were a chef at, in a Michelin restaurant. I don't know if that was in Los Angeles. And you were definitely in the wind casino doing data science. So uh, I, I wonder if there's going to be something, something interesting coming here. It could be, it could be, it could be Sin City. It could be LA. You tell me. Sure. I mean, it. I mean, it's LA, so it's probably also going to be food related. So I, I, uh, I also had my own restaurant here in LA, and then yeah, so and coffee shop, and then that, so that was fun. And then I came to know a lot of chefs in LA scene, and I found that there's a big like fusion scene here in LA that I didn't expect. And then a lot of immigrant focus, and like I know some good like Filipino chefs, and then the Mexican chef, of course, and then and some restaurants like Potter guys, you know, like Barcelo and these. It's hard to say, like, they don't have a specific cuisine. Like, I wouldn't say they're French, Spanish, or any of those. It's like a mix, but in a good way. So I love that. It's very, very interesting. Uh, if you were going to recommend one restaurant for a foodie uh, who's listening to a show in Los Angeles, uh, what would it be? Ooh. Uh, I mean, for or me. Or a couple. Just, you could rattle off a couple. I'm sure they'd appreciate I, um, it. So for me personally, I'm a big fan of, like, Israeli cuisines and then also French cuisine. That's kind of also what I cook most. And I was trained mostly in French, but my personal favorite in LA is a restaurant called Bavel. Yeah, in downtown LA. All right, Great food. Bavel. All right. Well, thank you so much again, Mike. Thank you for sharing about Cohere. Thank you for for giving your culinary rec recommendations. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, I can guarantee someone's going to enjoy that. Um, Wow. Uh, well, thanks again for joining us. And we might have to have you back so you can tell us about some of those challenges you're facing in maybe Absolutely. You know, six months or so. Lo love having folks back. Um, I'd like to thank our sponsors again, Nearshore and Unita. I'd like to thank you all for listening to us. And uh, if you like what you hear, please smash that subscribe button. Thanks again for joining us. And we'll catch you next time on Founders in LA.